0: curling fans you've come to the one place with everything you need involving usa curling and more it's the extra extra in podcast with the 12th in sports network and hosts price atkinson and joe calabrese get ready for everything you need to know news interviews points of view and club spotlights anything involving usa curling can be found here it's the Extra Extra In Podcast with the 12th In Sports Network. Now, here are Price and Joe. Welcome into another edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with the 12th In Sports Network. Myself, Price Atkinson, joined back again this week by my man Joe Calabrese. Joe, what's happening? We missed you the last couple weeks. We had a few pinch hitters, but welcome back in.
1: Yeah, I really do appreciate the folks that uh that joined in to help out uh over the last couple of weeks. Uh you know, a quick shout out to uh my man uh, Jerry Gertz and and also Sean Murray who who filled, filled in rather admirably for me uh as I can't pronounce anything today. Yeah. Um but you know, it it's good to have some friends out there that can pitch in when we need it.
0: Yeah, it was a a poor man's uh, podcast. I don't want to demean our work last week, but Jerry and I, we we were trying to get it done at the Slam for a few days. And, you know, of course, Jerry's got a million things in the air. And I'm like, dude, we got to get it done. Got to get it done. Finally, we did a World Series edition where we were just in the hotel room at the Holiday Inn there in um, up there in Truro uh, that we could never figure out which floor was which. That's that I think Jerry touched on that. It was a crazy layout. But anyway, uh we, we did a microphone passing back and forth podcast edition. It was old school um, last weekend, but we did it over yeah, the t- wh-
1: Sorry, talk about that World Series. There were a few extra, extra ends in that in that one game, huh?
0: There most certainly were, and I was wrecked. I was absolutely wrecked the next morning when we had to get over to uh, the arena there because I was trying to stay up for as long as I could in about 2.30 because Truro time, we were about an hour ahead. And so that did not help matters. And I was absolutely just wrecked over at the arena the next morning and I had a couple teams on the ice that I was working with. And it was not a fun morning, man. It, uh, it, it was brutal for me for about the first two hours. Cause I only slept for about three and a half hours and that for me, I'm about a five and a half hour minimum kind of guy, Joe. I can function on, f- I can sometimes function on five, anything less than that. And I am totally done. And I was done on uh what was that Saturday morning? I believe up there in Truro.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I might, my, my, uh,
0: competitive team was up in canada
1: that weekend we had played on friday night we'll talk a little bit more about this i guess but um and and we got done and uh we started watching the game and then we decided oh we'll we'll head back to the hotel and so we get back to the hotel and like i'm thinking i'm gonna sleep and yeah. my roommate's like uh no we're gonna watch a little bit world series <laughs> and like so i think maybe by about the the 14th or 15th inning i finally dozed off and i think he might have dozed off at the 16th so we neither of us saw the ending of that game uh but, uh, man, we were up really late, and we had a, you know, the 8 a.m. draw the next morning. So uh, it was a little rough for us as well.
0: Yeah, and and you know Jerry how much he loves baseball, so you know how how he loves the game, and then you also know how he really doesn't have a a body clock, so he I mean he can function on an hour or two hours of sleep. So you know, rooming with him at the slams is is proven to be a uh, you know I come home to recover now after being on the road, as we'll be on the road again hitting the. I believe I hit the road on Tuesday morning for uh for Thunder Bay, the next Slam, the Tour Challenge up there, a big one. Is we've got more teams with a Tier One and two Tier Two Slam. But anyway, uh, this week let's go ahead and just set the table real quick, Joe, because I want to get to your curling in Canada because you <laughs> took you, hit, you took the, you took it to the big time this past weekend. But oh yeah, the segment you can't refuse our guest interview this week: Penn State students Bobby Torres and Nicole. Kennedy you caught up with him Joe just give us a little quick preview
1: yeah you know um a lot of people know that both Brian Anderson and I both went to Penn State and uh when we saw these Facebook posts about the Penn State curling club over the last year we got pretty excited because we know that uh that that student body should get pretty excited about curling They're sports mad down there and so um this weekend is a really important weekend for Penn State curling, and um, we'll get into that all in the in the segment that you can't
0: refuse. Yeah, yep, yeah, that's coming up here in just a little bit. But let us uh, let's get to the big time because you are now back on tour or on tour, I should say, and you took Canada by storm. Give us a uh, give us the update. How did how did everything go down for Team Calabrese? Well, I'll tell
1: you a real quick story here. So my
0: team, we, we played up in Campbellford, Ontario. It's home of
1: the 27-foot toonie. Have you ever – you know what? You know what a toonie is. I mean you've been up there. Yeah. It's a the $2 coin, Canadian coin. Yep. Um, I guess the person who designed the inside of the toonie, the, the, the bear uh, that's on the, the face of the toonie, uh, came from Campbellford. <clears throat> and so they, okay. they erected a 27-foot toonie that we got our picture taken in front of. Uh, pretty uh, Pretty impressive actually. Um, my team, uh, consisted of Bob Williams, Chris Lee, and Eric Loya, and we got off to a slow start. Uh, I would say, uh, we, we lost our first two games. Uh, we, um, we were playing against the A event champion at the end of the day in the first game. And his name was Ian Laver. Yep. And, uh, and so we warmed him up in our first game so that he could have success. That uh-huh. was, that's what I, the way I look at it. <laughs> and then, um, but at the end of the day, we, we rallied and we won our last two. We wound up winning the D event, wound up with a two and two record. We took home a little bit of Canadian cash. And I, I want to thank Rook uh, Michael John, who got us into the event uh, when our original spiel got canceled.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of funny. You know, I used to go to these events and I was one of the youngest people there. Now I tell people I'm coming out of retirement.
0: <laughs> um,
1: we've got another event on our schedule towards the end of the month. It's the uh, Bulldog in East York. And then uh, we have the GNC. See playdowns right around the corner in December, so, and that's going to be on our home ice here in Rochester. So uh, we're pretty excited. We had a nice showing; it was uh, good because this is a team that had not played together as a foursome yet. So uh, it was time for us to get to know each other and uh, get get our
0: game in gear. Well, congratulations on winning that D event. That's uh, that is awesome sauce. And uh, you know, I was going to tell you, uh, speaking of Canada, having you know made a couple trips up there in the last. you know, month or so, and getting ready to make a third here coming up next week. You know, there's some things about Canada that I have discovered that are quite to my liking. And number one, I'll tell you, at both uh, rinks where we've had uh, the first two slams, the Elite Ten and then the... um, uh over the weekend uh the um golly i'm drawing a blank the masters um they have had some quite good poutine at both <laughs> uh rink food at both events and i had never had poutine until i got to the elite 10 there in uh chatham ontario and let me tell you something if you've never had poutine you haven't lived because it is flat delicious you know what it is right
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, in fact we, we talked about that uh curling the gathering spiel we had here in Rochester in April. We have a food truck that serves poutine and we brought it to the uh oh. spiel specifically oh. for that reason. And so um we're we're hoping to bring them back again when we have the event in April. So um yeah, I'm very familiar with that with that product.
0: So the other thing about Canada that to my liking is on Saturday, uh the day I was having a rough day just simply for not getting a lot of sleep. So, a uh, little secret out of the bag. I don't wear jeans very often, okay? Jeans are very... To me, they're very uncomfortable. I love khaki pants. They're more loose-fitting, and there's more room in the pockets, okay? I carry my wallet in one of my front pockets. Yes, I know it's weird, but it's because I dropped it one time, it fell out of my back pocket, and I lost it. And I don't. that's why I carry my wallet always in a front pocket, all right? So, I had my wallet in my iPhone in one of my front pockets in jeans, okay? I don't wear jeans very often. I did on Saturday. Well, mistake, because... I had my wallet, was going to give some money to a couple of the slam folks to get something. They were making a run out to Walmart or somewhere. And uh, next thing I know, about 20 minutes later, can't find my wallet. Gone. Went back oh. and retraced my steps around the rink because it was, um, I believe it was Jamie or Nina's team. I can't remember who was on the ice. It was on the sheet E right closest to you know, the stands. And so I was moving around over there getting shots and video. So I'm looking around. I retraced my steps, can't find it. And so, I kind of put out an a p b to several people, and I said, "You know if there is any pla and is and it threw me off In the meantime you lose your wallet you know you're just you know panicked, but i wasn 't panicked because as I told several people." If I'm going to lose a wallet, number 1, I want to lose it at a curling event. Number 2, I probably want to do it in Canada. And number 3, I probably want to do it in the Maritimes. The Maritimes being, you know, the the east coast side, you know, of Canada, New, uh, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, PEI, and Newfoundland Labrador. Those yep. people are just I mean so kind. And sure enough, volunteer found my wallet. I it was at the I said, "You know what? It'll be at the end of the draw." And sure enough, I got a call from the front desk downstairs. Somebody had turned it was a volunteer turned I great people i mean and i'm telling you i they, i was thrown off but i wasn't like oh my god i i, I just can't function it, it, but thank god the day was saved so that's my well. good story. on
1: them good on those canadians for finding that for you yes
0: yes 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 some very good people up in truro it was a fantastic uh fantastic week and excited about thunder bay but just to put a bow on on truro i know we really touched on it jerry and i last week you know schuster uh, really a statement, um, and I say statement not because it you know, just one win doesn't make a statement, but beating Gushu on that on Sheet C, the feature sheet, and doing it on Sports Net on national television, that, that was kind of a big deal, um, for John and those guys. And and you laugh and say, Well, look, they've won an Olympic gold, but you know, trying to you know, it, put that behind them and trying to take that next step forward, you know, you got Plies now on the team, and, you know, they they, they hadn't played great this year. I mean, they, they played okay, but they just haven't played very much at all. But but being Gushu in the round robin on, on that feature sheet on, on the TV, in the TV game, was was really pretty cool. And, you know, a couple other moments, you know, when uh, Nina, I don't know how, I'm still trying to figure out how she rallied uh, to get five in the last two wins to beat Jennifer Jones. That, that still is... is I'm still perplexed on that. There were a lot of missed shots in that game, but, you know, and, and Jamie had her moments, uh, you know, there, but you know, some great moments from the U.S. teams, and, you know, as everything wrapped up, John John Epping, who, who won the men's side of things to complete a, a career Grand Slam now, as the Masters is considered one of the four majors of the Grand Slam series, and then, you know, Anna Hasselberg, I do a lot of work with them. They won on the women's side in a game that I still, you go back and watch that eighth end, Joe, against Holman, you talk about it's just, you talk about a head scratcher. That was one Holman misses one shot there, and that that's what gives Anna uh, the hit for three uh, in the win. But r- really, a great event up there in Truro. As we don't have long as we turn the page to go to Thunder Bay in the Tour Challenge here next week.
1: Yeah, you know, Price. I, I was wondering. I mean, you're out there, you know, kind of week after week with with these guys, um, particularly Schuster. Um, just thinking, you know, it, it it's been a, it feels like a long time. It's been more than six months since the the Olympic win. But I mean, they they have to be playing with a target on their back each week. Right. I mean, especially they go up to these events in Canada and, and they they probably go, well, you know, we might have been able to beat them, you know, yeah. these these teams. And and I got to believe that, you know, in a prime time type uh, matchup, Gushu was really looking forward to getting his hands on John. It's nice to see John come out with the victory.
0: Yeah. And, it, and yes, that's that's very true. And maybe not so much Gushu, but your point is is definitely well, made, well put, because, you know being the reigning olympic champions the gold medalists it doesn't really matter whether it's you know a gushu or a kui or but you go down a little bit of a n- notch and nothing against our my good friend jason gunlinson but you know you know a team like gunner's team or um, you know a matt dunstone you know uh, you know one of those canadian teams like that that uh They want a piece of them, yeah. They've got that target on their back. So, um, Gushu was a little road-weary because they just came from China. They were over at the China Open, and so Jennifer Jones and Gushu both played over there, came straight to Truro, and I was talking to Jeff Walker, uh, Gushu's lead, and Boy, I saw him the second day. They they did not have to play on Tuesday. They basically put those two teams in the final draw on Wednesday to give them time to get there and kind of reacclimate a little bit. But those guys, I mean Jeff Walker's, the second day they were there, boy, they were uh, they were hurting. But still, you know they uh, you know they got a little bit better as, as the week went on. But you know, coming all the way from China, that's a tough deal. But to, back to Schuster and those guys. You know, one thing that was interesting is sitting there and watching when I was. Uh, you know up high and then down the Penties pub a couple times just watching close and by the boards and it's really interesting to see the teaching going on on the ice and I say teaching that it's not like you know student uh, you know teacher hey you know I, you know, finger point and that kind of thing. But it's just the conversation, the communication between John and Chris Plies, you know, uh, you know, behind the house, you know, talking over shots. You, I, I just see a lot more talking and communication than I've seen in a long time from, from a Schuster team, specifically And nothing. against Tyler George. I, I don't mean it this way, but you see, because Chris is new and Chris is soaking, trying to soak up all the knowledge he can from John uh, and they both are really open. Uh, look, this is what they both wanted, and you just really see in talking with both of them. Both of them said, "I mean, everything has gone great so far with Chris joining the team." But it's just really the dynamics to see the communication and, and the teaching that's that's happening as the game is, is is underway between the two. Yeah, you know, I think John is such sort of like a, a, a giving kind of soul.
1: He's, yeah. I think, he's willing to kind of to. To mentor might be the wrong word, but I mean, he's been there, done that. And Chris has obviously done a lot of that as well. Um, but this has got to be the best situation Chris Plies has ever been in playing vice on this particular team. And, you know, he can practice with them all the time. You know, there, there's no none of that travel concern that maybe, you know, being a little bit separated from teammates has, has had in the past. Um you know, his game is sort of geared, geared a little differently than Tyler's is. So there's probably a little bit of discussion just about, you know, you know what kind of weight are we throwing here uh, and why? And that's probably, you know, I think that's good for both because Chris has a ton of experience as well. And there might be a time when uh, when John needs the big weight and, and the advice to to use it.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh it really, really awesome to see that going on and, and you're right. And you know, Chris had a great game in, in the win over Gushu. I mean he was he was fantastic and you know, Chris has always been known as that, you know, power big hitter, but you know, you just see his game really starting to blossom even more so, and I think he's gotten re-energized, you know, with this move, because, you know, getting to to curl with Hamilton, you know, who he's played juniors with for a while and had a lot of great success together with Hammy, and I just know that they're having a ton of fun getting to play together as well, so, I mean, those guys, uh, you know, just getting to be on the ice even more, and they'll, you know, they'll obviously be up at the, uh, you know, in Thunder Bay at the Tour Challenge next week, so we'll see what they can do there, but, you Know just really great stuff, um, you know, up there at uh, at the Masters. But let's get to a couple other things that happened over the weekend, Joe. The uh, the Huron Repo Graphics Oil Heritage Classic, and that's got to be the longest name for any golf, curling, basketball. I don't you pick the sporting event. I, I know there's some good sponsors there, but is the the longest name for an event is that was played there in Sarnia, and Corey Jopkin, Tom Howell, and you know Alex Fenson and Mark Fenner, those guys. They make their way to another final, their third final of this young season so far. They just come up short in that final and give it up. I believe they gave up a steal late is how uh, the game was tied up. And then uh, from what I understand, it was a draw that I think that was heavy in the final extra in that allowed, uh, you know, the um, those guys to, to lose it uh, there in extra ends. But still, you know, n- another great run, picking up some more good points on tour uh, for Mark Fenner and, and his squad. And, you know, three finals, I know they want to win one. It stinks to lose them all, but still that's really solid uh, out of the gate so far for that young, that third high performance team, Joe.
1: Yeah, just uh, great things I think are coming for this team. It's just a matter of kind of putting people away. And, you know, it, it kind of looks, look at the line score of that final and it kind of looks like, you know, maybe they gotta work a little bit on the defensive side they' they were giving up a steal or two, and um you know it looks like they gotta steal a two back, so I mean it, they're they're right there, yeah I mean clearly they're right there, and they're playing the types of events I think that are gonna propel them going forward give give them the right kind of confidence that they're gonna need once they start you know qualifying for for slams and and that's Really, what's happening? I mean, they're they're in the next one
0: as a tier two,
1: yeah. a
2: tier two team. Yep.
0: And they uh, one thing they did over the weekend that they were pretty proud of is they beat uh, Rich Ruin and twice Ruin and Persinger and those guys. They finished four and three. Uh, But Fenner and them bounced them in the quarters uh, with a win there. And Richie and them had to scrap and claw just to make the playoffs, but they did. But over the weekend, uh, Fenner and crew, they beat Richie in in the triple knockout, then beat them again to bounce them in the quarter. So I know those guys were pretty pumped to beat the, uh, you know, the defending U.S. national champions and also, obviously, a a fellow high-performance team, uh, you know, member.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at some of the other teams that that – We'd recognize in this event, Jed Brundage played in this event uh,
0: with Tyler Bra- George.
1: Yeah. And Brandon Corbett played in that event. He's got Rochester ties. So I'd like to mention him. Yep. Uh, so, you know, uh, some of our U.S. teams getting out there, you know, these are likely some of the teams that we'll probably be seeing at uh, qualifying for nationals. So mm-hmm. uh, it's good to see them out on tour getting the experience that they need.
0: Yeah, in Ottawa this weekend on the junior side of things at the OVCa BrokerLink Under Twenty One Junior Super Spiel. Andrew Stopera, boy, those guys. I just am so high on that team. The future is so bright for them. But you know, in this young season, they make the final against JT Ryan and uh, the Winnipeg Crew. They score a uh, one in the tenth to get the win over Stopera and Crew. But you know, a great performance after uh, Stopera and them won the uh, St. Paul uh, Lupus Cash Spiel. You know, a couple weeks ago, great result for them again, making another final. And then Kate Flannery, her team, uh, they go two and three on the women's side there in Ottawa. Yeah, great
1: results for these junior teams. Uh, you know, you're right. The future for these teams is so bright. Um, they're getting out on tour, getting all the experience that they need. They're traveling. They're 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 winning. I mean, that yep. this is this is. I don't want to say it's new because obviously we've had we've had some junior success in the past, um, but it, the sustained. Um, excellence um, is something that I think is a little bit new for us yeah. and I, I'm i excited about it What it means going forward.
0: Yeah absolutely let's go ahead and step away Joe we got the segment you can't refuse Penn State University's Bobby Torres and Nicole Kennedy you caught up with them we'll bring you that conversation next and Joe and I will be back to wrap it up here on the Extra Extra in podcast with the 12th in sports network don't go away we'll be right back
2: I'm going to make him an offer again
1: with you. Welcome back to the segment, You Can't Refuse. It's the godfather, Joe Calabrese. And in this segment, we're going to be highlighting curling clubs all over the country. I have a special segment for you today because we are featuring our first college curling club, the curling club at my alma mater, Penn State. I'm joined today by President Bobby Torres and Public Relations Director, Nicole Kennedy. Bobby and Nicole, welcome to the podcast. Thank Uh, Bobby, this weekend is an important weekend for you at the club. But before we get to that, tell us how curling got started at Penn State.
3: Absolutely. So um, Penn State is one of those schools that's kind of known for, you know, anything you want to do, you can do here. Um, And it was something that I always noticed that curling was something that we didn't have here. So at first we started it, it was me and a couple of people got together. Back last, it was about during the Olympics last year, we felt like, you know, if the time was ripe, it was definitely taking the Olympic spirit, turning into something great. We kind of pushed for some interest to see where it was, and we were absolutely blown away by the amount of people who came out to us and said they wanted to do this with us. We, we were expecting, you know, maybe a few dozen students to be involved, or we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of students involved at this point. So it's, it's been unbelievable, the support from the students here, the faculty and alumni. So we're just really, really glad that we've gotten where we are now.
1: Nicole, uh, just talking a little bit about that growth, your website says that the Curling Club is the fastest-growing club at Penn State. How have you let your fellow students know about the club, and what do you uh, attribute that growth to?
2: We're spreading using word of mouth, and especially using social media as much as possible to our advantage. The board of directors has been very adamant about just spreading the word using social media. So we also used recruitment events such as the involvement fair. Uh, Penn State really makes it easy to uh, get the name of clubs and organizations like this out there. So it's been really incredible seeing the community aspect of this as well, um, using functions uh, such as Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, GroupMe. All of those different aspects have been extremely helpful in creating um, a community and also just spreading the word of what time our meetings. Logistics like that end up being one of the more important things with it. And then also just it's a really interesting, cool thing that's brand new to Penn State. And everyone wants to be a part of something new and original and interesting. found that that to be one of the really cool parts about uh, building this club is that seeing the growth, being worried from that first general body meeting. Is anyone going to show up? Are we in over our heads? Just watching a club grow.
1: It's all so- sounds really, really exciting. But all that being said, the, the curling club still hasn't hit the ice officially but, Bobby, that's about to change. Uh, let our audience know about what's happening this weekend.
4: Yeah, so um, it's, it's definitely been a long time in the making. But um, we finally, this weekend, it be November 4th, um, Sunday night, um, we're going to the ice for the first time. Right now it's a Wednesday, so we got a couple days beforehand. So, you know, some last-minute preps and stresses. But uh, right now we're expecting about 80 students to be out there. So it's definitely exciting. And we might actually have to split up another Learn to Curl because we physically can't handle so many students at once, obviously.
1: That's a pretty good problem to have. Um, We're talking with Bobby Torres, president of the Penn State Curling Club, Nicole Kennedy, who is uh, the public relations director for the Penn State Curling Club. Nicole, what's been the biggest challenge leading up to your first ever Learn to Curl this Sunday?
2: The biggest challenge has definitely been probably just the logistics of everything. Uh, Pegula is our only ice rink in town, even though they are an incredible people to work with, Um, just planning out the different wait times to get on the ice. Our time is not ideal, but we're taking what we can get. We're having a very positive mindset about it. We're doing it 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. is our official time slot at Pegula. Um, so we are going in with positive attitudes um, and hoping to improve that time frame in the future. But just planning logistics, how are we going to set up a curling area on the Pugula Ice? Because that was not something that uh, Pugula had designed originally. But now we had a great team come out uh, last week and learn how to set up kind Of impromptu is the wrong word to use, uh, but a semi permanent until a zamboni uh, goes across the ice, um, set up for uh the curling area.
1: You've got it sort of a temporary setup uh, of each week, or at each time that you'll have to go out there, you'll have to set it up yourselves, huh?
2: Yes, we'll have a temporary setup every every week, but we're hoping to incorporate that with some ways other ways for members to get involved, being part of a setup team, a teardown team. Uh, really trying to encourage that in order to make it less work for the directors and just really making sure all of our time is, is valuable and creating that space and as uh, most efficiently as possible.
1: That sounds terrific. So so what have you guys done, uh, Bobby, to kind of educate people about the game prior to this first ever Learn to Curl?
4: Yeah, so actually one of the um, the beauties of taking so long Scout on the Ice is, you know, we when we organized, we had our first meeting. It was either um, late February or early March. I'd have to actually look at the date at this point. But um, we weren't actually approved to be a sport at that point. Um, and because the school rules, you can't compete in any physical activity or anything. So we knew, hey, we're going to have a couple months where we're going to have to have only meetings in a classroom somewhere. So what do we do with this time? So obviously, one of the things was, you know, building a community around the organization, which I think we did a very good job of. But secondary, we used a lot of the time to educate everybody on how the sport works that way, once we get out to that first lander curl, nobody's learning anything new about the sport. It's just physically participating in it. So we would do, throughout all the meetings, we have a couple of members of the board who are very experienced curlers. Um, whether that be, you know, state champion curlers, um, world tour curlers even. They kind of helps run the education aspects of the club. So we would do, you know, one week we talk about equipment, one week we could talk about strategy, one week we could talk about history. And it all kind of led up in it. Somehow the timing worked perfectly that we kind of finished up those educations last week, which was, wasn't planned. It kind of just happened perfectly for us. Um, and we actually have been doing along the way, we have, you know, games, things, or meetings where we kind of quiz everybody's knowledge of it. And we we're very surprised that we've actually
3: done a really good job of teaching everybody um, everything they need to know before they get out there. So it's not going to be – everybody kind of knows what they're doing beforehand, which really helps especially in a learn to call that size. There's a lot of things you need to tell people up front get right out there have fun
1: That sounds great. It's good to prepare everybody before they hit the ice. Uh, That's a good model. Bobby, it takes a lot of resources to get a curling club off the ground. What have you guys done up until this point, and what do you need to take the club to the next level?
4: Yeah, great. Thanks for asking. Obviously, that's a uh, really important aspect of any organization, especially curling, which can be so expensive up front for any, any club. So in the last year, we've been doing some fundraising opportunities here and there. Obviously, dues from our members is a major source of our funding. However, now we're kind of in a spot where we have some funding that's keeping us going up front, along with some generosity of other clubs donating equipment for our use up front. But right now, our major um, campaign is an online crowdfunding campaign through Penn State. So Penn State offers an awesome platform, which allows people to donate directly to clubs within the school. And they handle all the you know, tax deductions and everything through their system. So that is currently on our website. It's on our Facebook page. And everywhere we've, everywhere we've been able to get it out there, we've
3: been pushing that through. Um, alumni groups, different curling clubs, and definitely for any support from anybody because with, if we hit our goals there, we think we should be funded to a point where we can make curling affordable, which is one of the special problems with a uh, college organization because, you know, the budgets of college kids tend to be even more tight than most other people. So it's definitely been a struggle, but I think definitely as that crowdfunding campaign goes on, it's, we've done a lot of work to make sure we limit our costs as much as possible.
1: That sounds great. And so we'll talk a little bit about how people can make a donation uh, at the end of the, the segment. But um, Nicole, the future really seems very bright for curling at Penn State. What are your hopes for the club going forward?
2: Uh, going forward, we really hope to um, that our event goes really well on Sunday and that we're able to have more Learn to Curl events and hopefully get those started a little bit earlier in the semester uh, during the future semesters. Um, we also hope for um, some of the very eager freshmen and sophomores to kind of step up to the plate and take over some leadership roles because Bobby and I are looking at that graduation date uh, dead in the eye at this point. But we hope uh, some of those eager uh, underclassmen kind of see themselves taking up these leadership roles in the future, um, and that's one of the best parts about Penn State is that there's always going to be that amazing rotation of people who are interested in uh, taking up those leadership roles. So keeping rural events open to the public. I know Kagula Ice Arena is also interested in helping uh, gain community support uh, in the area of State College as well, uh, promoting curling in the area. Um, and just keeping interest alive within uh, the Penn State community and also uh, the State College community as well. So the future is very bright for us um, and really just getting underclassmen involved and really just keeping our name out there at Penn State.
1: Well, it sounds like you're off to a great start. And I just want to remind everybody that the curling club at Penn State hits the ice for the first time for their first learner curl this Sunday, November 4th at the Pagula Ice Arena and State College. Uh, Bobby, tell everybody uh, at, at, in the audience how they can find the Penn State Curling Club online.
4: Yeah, so um, you could find us anywhere if you Google um, Curling Club at Penn State. Um, it should pop up pretty quick, hopefully. Um, we have a Wix website. However, probably the easiest way to get to us is on Facebook, at Curling Club at Penn State. Um, that would be the easiest. We also have a Twitter and Instagram page under the same, under the same names. Um, we try to post as much as we can, um, updates, pictures from meetings, pictures from um, events as well as all of our fundraising information should be on there. If there anybody wants to reach out to us at all, you know we always take emails and questions at Club at gmail.com. So we definitely try to make sure we're out and ready for people to contact us whenever they have any questions, concerns. They really want to find out more about us.
1: Well, that sounds great. Uh, thank you so much. This is uh, Bobby Torres, president of the uh, Penn State Curling Club, excuse me, the Curling Club at Penn State, uh, and Nicole Kennedy, uh, public relations director. Um, if you would like to have your uh, club featured on the segment that you can't refuse just give me an email at uh, joe at t-e-s-n dot u-s and uh, we will talk to you next time and don't forget to listen or you'll be sleeping with the fishes
0: All right, great stuff there, Joe. Great conversation. Uh, You know, really interesting what they got going at Penn State, but as a proud PSU alum, the largest alumni base of any school in America, I know that makes you proud to see what's happening there in uh, State College. Yeah, you
1: know, um, there's interesting Rochester ties, too. When they talked about the Pagula Center, uh, the Pagulas are um, from Western New York, and so uh, they own the Buffalo Bills. And so uh, it's nice. My favorite uh, professional team and my favorite college team are are linked uh, and now uh, curling linked with them as well. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, I would want to mention, you know, they they had talked a little bit about their, their crowdfunding campaign. And if mm-hmm. you go to the Curling Club at Penn State on Facebook, you can find out all about uh, their goal, which I believe is $5,000 and what they're going to be using uh, that money for, which is a lot of equipment needs. Um, so you know give them a give them a, a few bucks if you can uh, yep. they're a little bit under five hundred dollars right now and uh, if you can help them out uh, I know uh, Brian and I would very much appreciate it
0: yeah absolutely uh, great interview there and you know a couple quick shout outs we got to do uh, number one uh to our good friend Sean Olson uh, on the ice crew this week back in South Korea the Pacific Asia Championships getting underway there in South Korea so a shout out to Sean! Another big honor getting to uh, to serve on one of those international ice crews is is the lone American always a uh, a special feather in the cap, and you know him getting to do the Olympics and now being asked to go back over there. Sean is uh, he is a pros pro to say the least, Joe. And also, don't forget, Curling Night in America returns this Friday night. That being tomorrow, as we record here on Thursday night, but Friday night. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Nina Roth and crew back on the ice again. Second straight week. They beat China last week. If you missed it, you can go back and watch everything online again at usacurl.org. But tomorrow night going to be on the ice against Japan. The complete schedule. Make sure if you don't have it, you can download it, usacurl.org. So a couple quick uh, news and notes there, Joe, before we get to what's ahead this weekend and then a few announcements that were made earlier in the week.
1: Yeah, that Curly night in America schedule is out on the usacurl.org and you know they, it's pretty much every Friday night. They they vary the times a little bit, but mostly uh primetime east coast for the most part yeah it's pretty good stuff, I'd say
0: boy eight p m Eastern Standard time you can't get more prime time on a Friday night, so curl up with those guys uh and join them, so to speak on uh, tomorrow night, Friday night as Nina Roth and crew get ready to take on Japan and curling night in America all right, Joe, a couple uh, announcements this week number one the u s a curling nationals two thousand and twenty give me a drum roll. Can you do your best drum roll that works announced this week we're going to spokane Washington how about that one Joe yeah back to
1: the Pacific Northwest uh Brian and I uh, got that notification yesterday just like everybody else we're, we' we don't have a contract yet for that one but it would be lo- it'd be great to go back there uh and and check out a, a brand new facility
0: well I guess it's being presumptive on my part that when I say that we'll be going back but I, I guess I' say we hope we will going ba- will be going back. Is that 2020 national championship will be held February the eighth through the fifteenth, and that will be at Eastern Washington University's Recreation Center. So, a little bit surprised to see it going back to the Pacific Northwest, but we had a good time in uh, Seattle a couple of years ago. Look forward to hopefully going back for another one. Uh, the other big announcement that came down this week: the Curling World Cup. The second leg, which will be hosted by the Omaha Sports Commission and Ralston Arena, not Baxter Arena where we were for the trials, but Ralston Arena in Omaha will be hosting it starting on December the 5th. This is the second leg of the inaugural Curling World Cup. That one, the draws announced, and Team USA will be Jamie Sinclair's rink, and they will be in Group A. They will go up against... uh, uh, Tracy Flurry from Canada. you got the Russians and Korea in Group A. On the men's side of things, they will also be curling in Group A. They will have Jason Gunlinson who's going to be representing uh, Canada. Uh, Gunlinson's rink will be in Group A along with the U.S., and that will be John Schuster and crew also rounding out Group A, Scotland and China. And then finally on the mixed double side of things, Team USA will be in Group B with Norway, China, and Russia as Joe Polo and Tabitha Peterson will be competing as Team USA in the mixed doubles.
1: Another great opportunity for these teams to get that international experience that they're going to need when they head to Worlds.
0: Yep. Yep, so uh, great stuff. Uh, Coming to Omaha, once again, one of the – if you've never been to Omaha, if you didn't go for the trials, I'm telling you, Omaha, Nebraska is one of the great sports towns in the United States. They embrace all things Team USA, and I know they will embrace things there as uh, all those teams are going to – you know, some great prize money, boy. The the Orient is pouring money into the sport of curling right now, and it's not just China. It's Japan. It's Korea. They are going nuts for this sport over there. So, you know, just creating more opportunities for the sport is always a good thing. All right, this weekend, what we have on tap, we've got mixed doubles. Speaking of mixed doubles, we've got the Madtown Double Down Mixed Doubles Bond Spiel in Madison. Uh, you know, I was talking to Hamilton. They've got uh, you know pretty good lineup there in, in Madison this weekend. A lot of the uh, you know the high performance teams or players, I should say, going to be uh, taking the ice there in Madison. So. You know, taking a break from everything to go mixed doubles uh, before getting back to on tour next week with World Curling Tour events and then the Grand Slam of Curling.
1: Yeah, it's got to be kind of hard to find you know time in the schedule for these mixed doubles events with uh, more and more teams having to travel more and more weekends uh, just to get the points they need to <laughs> to qualify for these bigger events. Um, but it's nice to see Madison, uh, who has hosted numerous cash spiels in the past, uh, make the transition to mixed doubles, uh, find a weekend that works for everybody uh, and get them out there and play.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then you also uh, not to be outdone the wheelchair national team trials is this weekend, Joe in Wisconsin. So, you know, good luck to all the athletes competing there at the wheelchair national team trials. And one more thing I wanted to make sure to shout out is if you have not got the USA curling mobile app, make sure you do that go to your smartphone, go to the app stores just search USA curling. you can get the magazine events everything going on right there on your smartphone just by going to the app store and searching for USA curling you know, price, I have one more announcement I
1: you know I we last week this is unexpected
0: this is unexpected so
1: yeah my wife and i we we sent out uh I don't know almost two thousand uh, coasters to each, uh, not, not 2000 to each curling club, but 2000 in total, uh, coasters to curling clubs all across the U S. Uh, we got a few returned. So, um, because the addresses were bad. So if you're out in a curling club and you're listening this listen, and you don't see, uh, that, that TESN logo on some coasters, give me a ring and we'll see what we can do to get them to you.
0: Well, I have a, uh, special guest announcement right here is I've had somebody join me on my lap. Do you want to say hi? Come on. Do you want to say hi? All right. My daughter, Maddie, just plopped down in my lap. Are you sure you don't want to say hi? You got one more chance. You can say it right here into the microphone. This is making great radio here, folks. But she is going to be shy. You don't want to say hello and go Team USA? Okay. She's being shy. I tried, Joe. But we'll go ahead and get out of here great episode great stuff i will be in thunder bay ontario this next week we'll have a podcast for you we'll have to figure out how to podcast uh joe so you can join me and we can do this maybe up there we'll figure out a way to do it might be uh i have to call into you but we'll work we'll work out the technical side of stuff next week but i know you did not enjoy monday night football last week i know i oh, enjoyed man. the ravens coming to uh to bank of america stadium in charlotte and now our teams again this week are going to be at home the bills hosting the bears and the panthers hosting the buccaneers
1: yeah you know what price i gotta tell you something okay i i i, I am almost done with the buffalo bills
0: oh come
2: on i I've, don't do that no.
1: i'm telling you that if, if peterson plays this weekend i'm not going to the game I'm just, I just can't do it anymore, Price. I can't watch ineffective offense. It's like me playing curling. It's not fun. Well, uh,
0: so. well, he's an awful quarterback to start, and he should never be in the National Football League. So that's, that's, that's for starters, and I'm going to leave that right there because you pretty much nailed it on the head. I mean, Nathan Peterman is a total disaster. I do think it's interesting that uh, my man Derek Anderson, the former backup uh, for the yeah. Carolina Panthers, longtime backup, boy, you need to hitch your wagon to him because he gives you far more of a chance than Nathan Peterman ever will.
1: Yeah, and the problem is he got hurt in the last couple <clears throat> plays of the game. So it looks like Peterman may get the start, and uh, if that happens, I'm I may be watching on the couch. Uh, I don't I don't plan to travel all the way to Buffalo to watch that. That that's just ridiculous. Um, however, um, you know every game that peterson plays it's probably a, another slot up in the draft board so that's not so bad i guess
0: <laughs> all right well appreciate everybody tuning us in this week joe and uh, we'll do it again this next week we got the uh, the next slam we got uh just mentioned a lot of other events uh this weekend uh sorry up. one
1: more things one more thing i sort of forgot Rochester Curling Club this week and Junior Bonspiel will be on TESN. Oh, how so about that? So if you have kids that are that are coming out to our Bonspiel this weekend, uh, four draws, for one Friday and three Saturdays. So you, it should be fun.
0: You always tee me up. I want to make sure to let everybody know, subscribe, 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 subscribe if, if this is your first time listening to us. Make sure to subscribe if you have not already done so. We would really appreciate it. If you want to give us a rating, we would also appreciate that too. But iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, different apps you can use on your smartphone, especially if you're an Android user. Google Play and Stitcher are two great ways to listen to the extra extra in also certainly apple Podcasts and itunes if you've got an iphone as my daughter here is playing on my uh, my mixer here at my desk upstairs and um you know go to tsn.us i mean that is always going to be a home page for everything that the 12th in sports network and what we're doing uh with broadcasting at uh different rinks around the country and you can get the podcast right there at tsn.us joseph
1: yeah, absolutely. You think, I think you covered it all there, Price. Uh, you know, Thanks so much uh, for listening, everybody. Uh, we really do appreciate it. You know, Let your friends know. That's why we did the coaster campaign is so that people could find out a little bit more about it. So if you're listening to this, let people know, uh, particularly if you like the, the podcast. We like it if you tell people when you like it.
0: All right, Maddie, you want to give one more? You want to say hello, your last chance before we go? All right, that was her chance. All right, Joseph, we'll be back again next week on the Extra Extra Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network for myself and Price Atkinson and for Joe Calabrese. We will see you next week. Have a great weekend. Bye now. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Price Atkinson and Joe Calabrese. Follow the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, guests, and for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In Podcast.